All right. Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome to a special episode of Cryptique. This is our follow-up to the ayahuasca episode, but you don't necessarily have to listen to both, but that would paint a more complete picture of this type of uh, psychedelic experience. I'm joined, as always, by Brother Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, man. I'm excited about this one. I'm hoping we can hear... Some of the experiences that we talked about in the ayahuasca episode, some of the commonalities or maybe even some differences that we haven't heard before. Yeah, absolutely. Have the mushrooms kicked in yet? Oh, is that what you sent me? <laughs> no, I'm... I fed those to the dogs and I haven't seen them in hours. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. All right. Please like, subscribe and share. Socials are in the notes. You can email us what you think about this at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our shirts at crypticpodcaststore.com. And we're kind of cold and a little thirsty. So you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash crypticpi. Tonight, we have a special guest with us to teach us more about DMT. His name is Joe, but we're going to keep his identity hidden for reasons which will soon reveal themselves. This podcast episode contains discussions about drug use. We want to emphasize that the content provided is for informational purposes only. Drug use can be illegal, harmful, and even life-threatening. The hosts and creators of this podcast do not endorse any illegal or unsafe activities. Listener discretion is advised. So that's the disclaimer, guys. We're not telling you to do drugs. We're not telling you to do any of this stuff. This is just an interesting topic to talk about. So with that, welcome, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good. Happy to be here. All right. So you do you make this stuff ever or is it stuff um, that you... I have in the past. Um, yep. It's actually a very simple process. It's just an A to B method. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually kind of crazy once you get into that because you can own everything legally. It's just illegal mm. once you go to the process to extract it. God. So, and it's actually kind of crazy. That's how they get you. Yeah. Cause like, um, the root bark that it's commonly, uh, that it is extracted from the mimosa or the acacias is a common ingredient in a lot of homemade tie dye. So okay. it's actually not that uh, abstract as you would think it would be. So what you're saying is that somebody that owns a lot of tie-dye t-shirts might also be into uh, DMT. <laughs> yes, they are probably very correlated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you tell the listeners a good website to go to for more information? I know you shared a couple with me, but it, it might be nice for them to have something they can follow along with. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you just go into um, Google, and I do, it's a DMT Nexus. DMT N-E-X-U-S, and I think it's it's dot me slash form. But mm -hmm. once you get into the website, uh, I mean, you'll know once you're there. It is uh, it's very well portrayed to the experience, and it, this is a community that's out there mm -hmm. for all of us. They only want to pass on knowledge, information. Um, you can post in it. I mean, they're only there to help. Mm -hmm. And there's also uh, Eroid, which is a more generalized, but they do chemicals, natural plants. They do any substance information you could ever want. Safety, dosing, testing, precautions, what to look for. Um, 
it's also a form as well. That sounds like a great place to get started if you want to learn about more after the podcast, of course. But can you give us a little background on what got you interested in psychedelics and then specifically DMT? Yeah, absolutely. Um, from my experience, you know, me and my friends, we always kind of lived on the um, outskirts of society. So, <laughs> you know, we started <laughs> smoking pot at a young age, just kind of hanging out and just shenanigans. And right. um, my, my introdu- introduction into psychedelics, I've done mushrooms a couple of times, uh, acid a couple of times, you know, nothing real grandeur. And uh, it started with MDMA, actually. Okay. And that was one of the most influential, life-changing, kind of eye-opening experiences that I had. And that really got me into studying, you know, the growth of your soul on, on a personal level and the connection to, you know, the consciousness around us all. Sure. And I just kind of got into a lot of acid, a lot of mushrooms from there. And DMT was always kind of something you heard about, you never really were exposed to, and you just, the stories really just encapsulated me. Like I just could never get enough. It was phenomenal. I think the first story I ever heard was, um, guy said he broke through and he walked outside and he saw everything on a molecular structure, Hmm. like from the blades of grass to the trees and, uh, nothing had, physical construct to it anymore and that's really what fascinated me and Mm -hmm. uh from then on you know just doing psychedelics and going to festivals and stuff it was probably a year and a half or a couple years before i was ever first exposed to it i think it's one of those things that you hear about it you read about it but it reaches out to you when you're ready like it, it finds you interesting I like that. That's cool. So how old are you, Joe? 29. And when did you have your first uh, DMT experience? Oh, probably 22, 23. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, it's not, it's not something that typically if you go to, well, in my days, a a Grateful Dead show, you 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 have people (laughs) walking around you know, with balloons and offering kind grilled cheese sandwiches and stuff like that. But I didn't, I I never saw a guy walking around saying DMT, DMT, anybody want some DMT? So it it is something that you're not going to like get from a drug dealer. You know, it's not like you can just drive to a, you know, specific part of a downtown area and be like, Hey, uh, no, I don't want any crack. No, no, no. Just you got any DMT? Yeah. They look at you with uh, crooked eyes. So it's kind of something like festivals and stuff. As you go around, that's kind of my introduction. You know, I can ask all the questions and all my knowledge, micrograms, crystal structures, and all that. But generally, if I am looking for something, I usually use DMT as my safe point because if they know about it, if they have it, it brings about the kind of people that actually care you know there there's nothing ominous about them it's just i've never experienced a bad person that is involved in that process and we should probably clarify for anybody listening that didn't listen to the ayahuasca episode that i think it's fair to say that dmt is really the active ingredient in ayahuasca 
yes, yes. Um, from my understanding of it all, uh, it's basically ayahuasca. It's the root bark DMT brewed with a bunch of MAOI inhibitors that open up the receptors to prolong the process. Gotcha. Okay, so a more purified sort of maybe modern process than the sort of shamanistic thing that you and I talked about, Jay. Yeah, well, there's a big difference, I think, between a DMT experience and an ayahuasca experience. Um, First off, the, I guess in most cases, the vomiting in you know, diarrhea, diarrhea doesn't occur <laughs> with DMT that you get with ayahuasca. So that's a, that's a good selling point for DMT, but the, the actual trip doesn't last nearly as long as ayahuasca, right? Like ayahuasca, I think is like four to eight hours. Isn't that what we said, Ryan? Yeah. It's a pretty long, it's like, you have to really commit to it yeah. and you need, you need somebody who can take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, someone that cares enough to clean up after you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so how long does a typical DMT trip last? Um, in like terms of like real time, uh, anywhere yeah, from yeah. 10 to 40 minutes at the absolute max. But uh, like for you being in that duration, it's a lifetime. Uh, you gotcha. know, it, there's no um, structure to measure that. It's your life, death, rebirth. Time just doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, I've heard that. I There's a guy that used to work for me who, he's just really a strange person. That's a good thing. I, I like him a lot, but a lot of other people were like, <laughs> I don't know, there's something about this guy that's kind of weird. But it's like, I liked him, I hired him, what? <laughs> right. But uh, he went on a... I don't know how long ago it was. I think he was saying it was like in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, because he's about 35 or 36 now. And he did some kind of like guided DMT experience. I, I don't know where he was. He didn't say exactly like what the circumstances were, but he had gone with this friend of his that he'd had since childhood. And he talked about going through this experience and you know, this sort of relativistic time that he went through where he can't, you know, feels like a lifetime, feels like five minutes all at once. And just the things that he saw, the things that he felt. And then when he came out of it, he said they were all kind of, I guess, like getting ready to leave, getting, you know, packed up, cleaned up, whatever they needed to do. And his friend was like, oh, it's nice to see you again. He's like, what are you talking about? I've been here the whole time. He's like, no but you're here now. And he was saying that he realized that he felt after that, like he had been kind of sleepwalking for the last 10 years before it. And then it was kind of a life changing experience. And then it seemed like it, it woke him up in a way that he wasn't awake before. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And it is a commonality that people say it is a life changing experience. It's, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that, you know, maybe didn't get a good mixture or maybe there there's other things like um, uh, Joe, I had mentioned I'd been in contact with uh, Oscar Bull Hansen and he is on, I believe his website is uh, PSYN.NO and he kind of gives some uh, 
background information. Like if you're taking a sleeping med, uh, because I, I take uh, Seroquel to sleep, I have horrific insomnia. And he said that if you're on something like that and go to his website, this is paraphrasing, this is not medical advice or anything like that, but that that can actually really dampen the effects of ayahuasca and DMT. So that's interesting, but that's why it's important that you got, if you decide you want to do something like this, you need to do all the research you need to, it's not something you should just be like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. No, you need to do some research and make sure it's right for you because there are interactions with other, you know, medicine. Like if you're taking MAOI inhibitors, then that could be a problem too. So do your research. We, that's what we say all the time anyway. Don't believe us, do your research. But uh, so can you give us kind of a cliff note summary of what goes into making DMT? And you don't have to get real technical because hopefully none of our listeners are going to listen to this and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to try that and just, you know, play the podcast while they're, you know, searching for herbs and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to Facebook marketplace and just go wild. Yeah. I won't, um, you know, I'll keep it as, as light, but informative as possible. Perfect. But, uh, real quick, I would just like to kind of add also, mm -hmm. um, if you have any serotonin issues or you're taking SSRIs, um, that is another big thing to research before you want to undergo the DMT process because it is um, it does release what your body naturally produces, but it also plays heavily on serotonin. So you just need to be make sure you're safe and you know even consult with the doctor. Yeah, you got to find a good doctor. <laughs> a good doctor, I mean, yes. I I love my doctor and. I asked him about medical marijuana and he's with, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't really reveal what company he's with, but he's like, nope, they won't even let us talk about it. Not yep, allowed to exactly even what say you're talking word. about. So it's like, damn, that's, it's messed up. You know, you'd think a doctor would give you advice one way or the other, but they're bound by a lot of, uh, a lot of problematic issues too. So yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the uh, ingredients needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the two main ingredients, obviously, where that it comes from, um, it's Mimosa hostilis or Caseus confucius, which are both uh, root barks um, from South America. Usually they come, I mean, you get them however you want. They come bark, powdered, anything like that. Uh, that process is legal to own. Okay. And then usually uh, mason jars, purified water, and then you have a separation process between the root bark and the plant, uh, the DMT and the plant matter from the root bark. And then you um, basically wash it, uh, evaporate, and it, you're left with the crystals. Hmm. It's just an A to B um, tech. And if there's... If it kind of gets like a real uh, Play-Doh-y or like if any of you guys smoke weed, a dab consistency, it's mm -hmm. not bad. You just have more plant matter there. You just repeat the last process a few times and, you know, eventually you're just left with the, the crystal. Okay. But there's there's more ingredients that go into it, right? Um, I would say four total. Okay. So 
not 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 really um because basically <laughs> you're just kind of <laughs> taking it away from the plant matter so okay so you're not even mixing a bunch of different stuff together see i thought that's what we were going to get into is you were going to have to do this and then you were going to have to do that and it, it sounds a lot simpler than what i had uh, envisioned oh yeah and um you know like that that dmt nexus website um generally extraction methods are called techs hmm. it's just how it's referred to um within the community you know, what tech did you use? And that's just how you extracted it. But I mean, there's a million different ways to go about it. Um, but it's, I mean, you couldn't believe how, how simple it would be. It is an illegal process. So that is forewarned. Okay. But, you know, cause you get into like the MDMA, the LSD, if you're not a full blown chemistry degree, you know, a chemist, there's right. no hope for anything like that. Then you obviously have the uh, repercussions of not understanding the equipment fully. And, you know, you can cause burn your house down or something. Yeah. Well, there's also definitely, you know, nefarious people that uh, sell MDMA and uh, acid and shrooms too. But it, it's a little bit different when you're dealing with the DMT, you were saying. So. All right. Well, how did you prepare for your first experience? My first experience, um, it was kind of not as much preparation. Um, it was more kind of, I came across it. We were at a music festival and um, just came across it, went back to the camp, sat around with all of my people. I had it, anybody that was willing, and we just kind of let it rip. Uh, over time has <laughs> went. <laughs> I've developed my process since, okay. uh, you know, understanding what I got into, but, um, it kind of, as we go along, I'm going to kind of explain all the stories and everything that has happened during these experiences. So, but yeah, the very first time ever we were at a music festival, uh, came mm -hmm. across it and just kind of went back to the campsite. We were all sitting around hanging out, you know, and we did it. It wasn't. So when it comes to DMT, you either kind of. You either it either happens or it's kind of just you feel real light and trippy and good like sensational but it's not mm -hmm. the breakthrough process so you can kind of differentiate between the people that have actually had a breakthrough and you know connected back to the source you know their soul goes home as i like to call it or they mm -hmm. just kind of had that real visually light feeling and that's what i had the first time it was basically i remember i just kind of i took the hit laid back and I was looking up watching the trees and they were kind of swaying in the wind and I was seeing the trees actually breathing converting the carbon dioxide into oxygen on like a wow. molecular level and that's just kind of what stood out to me in that experience and just the grandeur of everything yeah it kind of gave you a, a deeper appreciation for you know what what's out there that we don't notice on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, the things you could say, you know, you know, it happens, you write about it, you've seen it, but not being a part of that process as you know, I was like, I was involved in it as a whole. Gotcha. So now when you prepare, what, what do you do to get ready for your experience? And, and do you do it alone? More on DMT after a quick break.
Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. No, um, I personally don't. The, the thing you kind of do, you always want somebody there just to kind of, it's um, instant, instantaneous. Sure. So you kind of, you have enough time to hand them your ingestion method, lay your head back and gone at that point. But it's not like a, you don't like pass out, right? It, I mean, you're awake. Um, I, the way I kind of describe that, I would say like, it's like your soul tra- transcending from your physical self. You, oh, okay. Like astral projection yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, you are not physically there. So like you are in a way passed out. You're not, you are separated from your body. Gotcha. And I, and I've actually done it before with, uh, I had my wife there for one of the experiences and she was like laying with me mm-hmm. and she said, when I, came back like she felt me come back and like like i was i wasn't there as she was kind of laying next to me and right before i came back too she could feel you know like my soul back into my body that's crazy have you ever experienced uh we've heard about people that experience this landing like that you know astral project and stuff like that and then they experience like a fall and then kind of a uh, I don't even know what to call it, but yeah, just like a, a soul re-entering the body, like a, like a jolt or something. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah, a jolt. absolutely. Whenever the experience is over, you come back and that's kind of when I get into like the time doesn't really exist because it's your 30 minutes of just processing the whole thing. Like you're probably going to be 10, 15 minutes without words of just, um, uh, exasperated by the grandeur of what you just went through. There's, you know, really nothing like it. Mm-hmm. So does it matter where you go? I mean, obviously it sounds like this would be much, uh, I, I guess a better experience if you're out in nature somewhere, a lake or mountains or the ocean, something like that. It, it, does that. Does that sound like that makes sense? Something that you would like to do in nature yeah i personally um never have besides that very first experience being outdoors um Mm -hmm. just kind of from what i've experienced you know i kind of transcend beyond that um so i've it would obviously help because you know uh external stimuli is a huge factor when you're doing any psychedelic it's right you know, one of the most important factors. So absolutely. But I've just kind of been usually on the couch and it's just a interpersonal experience. Yeah. Jay, not, not everybody's like you and wants to do it at a Marilyn Manson concert. Probably not the best (laughs) idea. No, I'm thinking maybe on a a Bigfoot excursion. That might be fun. (laughs) It'd be, be a like lot a, more likely that Bigfoot would show up if you're on DMT, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, you finally made it. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> uh, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though, if you're, you know, if you're experiencing astral projection or something like that, you, you know, that's that's kind of the uh, terms that I have to describe what you're what you're talking about. I guess you can really kind of go anywhere. You don't doesn't matter if you're you know in in your apartment 
downtown somewhere or out in a mountain somewhere. So I would say as long as you're safe uh, mentally, you know, you kind of take the right preparations and you're just willing to surrender yourself to the experience. It'll only take care of you if you want to take care of yourself. So how about dosages? You talked about the amount of time that it, that the experience can take varying. Is that, I would assume that's dependent on dosage, but does the dosage also impact sort of the intensity of the experience? And maybe these are questions that are beyond your, you know, with that, you know, personal experience. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As far as dosaging goes, um, there's a few things that are kind of key important. Usually about a 10th of a gram, um, is part of the breakthrough process, but it's also how you, how it's administered. Uh, it's very important and, you know, it's not a direct heat cause you don't want to just vaporize mm. it. You also, as you're inhaling it, through the smoke as the smoke builds up the potency within itself within the smoke builds up so that's why they always you really want to clear it and as you clear it you hold it in as long as you can because your lungs also produce dmt and you're holding this in your lungs Mm -hmm. so that way it's you know it's activating as soon as you exhale boom you know you're in hyperspace the effects have taken place so you can get you know as you can get more out of less if you if you properly administer and what's your method you said don't vape it <laughs> yeah i um i use it take it as a dab mainly i get a banger so i'm not trying to hit it on a nail i got the little you know bowl to catch it in and i just um really low temp it kind of feel it and then just uh drop it in it's gonna have it's gonna taste bad it is like uh some burnt cotton balls but over time, you kind of correlate the experience to the taste and the smell, and it's uh, kind of, you know, it's like weed. You, once you've done it, you, you a mile away, you catch it. Mm. And would you ever just consume it? Because, I mean, ayahuasca is just drank. But you're obviously you don't need all of what's in ayahuasca to have just a DMT experience. Actually, recently, I've uh, tried doing a little bit of research on it. I had a buddy send me it was like, it looked like an edible and he was telling me that it was DMT. And I was, I was kind of curious how the process worked. Cause I know you'd have to, I don't know if you extract, I'm not sure. Cause I've only ever known it to be heat activated. So I was uh, very curious by that. I haven't been able to find what I'm looking for as far as that goes, like dosages and everything like that. I'm actually very curious. All right. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, you, you talked about the onset and duration as far as it l- could last up to 40 minutes. Um, you know, obviously there's probably some outliers that have lasted longer and there could be people that, you know, their their body chemistry or whatever, you know, changes that a little bit and that it it takes hold very, very quickly. Um, but you you said that it it feels longer when you're like, when you come out, are you exhausted? Like, Oh my gosh, I have just, you know, traveled the world or is it (laughs) the rejuvenating feeling when you're done? I'd say it's uh, it's more opening. Like you get done and you're, you're, you're sitting there and like, I mean, you're wide awake, but your brain is just the simplest way I could put it would be like as open as it's ever felt. Like you're just sitting there like, what did I do? What just happened? Like, and then you're just 
putting the pieces all together for the next 20 or 30 minutes. And it's, I mean, the, with the grandeur of it, it's just an honest that you're just so encapsulated by that. It's Yeah. It's, it, it sounds like it's a very soulful experience and, and it would be something that a lot of people would be interested in. And yeah, we're giving them some of the background and some of the resources to, you know, take this on if that's something that, that they want to do. But, um, Ryan, did you want to ask him a little bit about the kind of the nature of what the experience is? Yeah. Um, I've never used anything like this. I've never done anything. Um, for the longest time I worked in a job where essentially I was accountable to the federal government and the military. So even when marijuana started becoming legal in a lot of places, my management reminded all of us, like, hey, we still report to the federal government. Like, just because it's illegal pretty much everywhere now, or at least it feels like it is, like, you're not supposed to be doing it. But, so I don't have a lot of, uh, of experience to draw on. The only thing that kind of comes close to it, maybe for me, is an experience that I don't love to talk about, and I have no idea what this experience was. Um, I went through a period where I was really experiencing like a depression and almost an existential dread. Mm-hmm. I had found myself kind of unable to just stop thinking about. There's just a lot of really negative stuff going on in my life and in sort of the sphere around me. And there were these, I don't know, I don't know what to call them, these like episodes that I would have or, you know, an older person would say I had a spell. But it's like I would just suddenly, I would. it's almost like what you're talking about with DMT. Like I would just be gone for a minute. And I would have like, the, I would see things and I would hear things and I would be in some unreal landscape where like gravity doesn't work right. And I'm hearing these sounds that I can't explain. I've heard sounds in like a couple metal songs that kind of sounded like things that I heard there. And it was just so bizarre. And then I would kind of come back and I'd feel drained and it would feel like that relativistic time. Like it happened one time when I was walking down a hallway and my fiance was behind me and it, just like I felt it come on and I she said I just slumped over against this wall for like eight seconds and then popped back up. For me it felt like I was gone for days. Wow. So I kind of wonder I mean I have like I said, I have no idea what that was, but I kinda of wonder if that's sort of like what you experienced because what I what happened to me, whatever that was, and that happened a number of times, it hasn't happened in a long time at this point, but some of that seemed a little bit similar. I don't know if it's even possible. Maybe I had some kind of like self-induced DMT trip, but I'm wondering what your, you know, visualization sensations or whatever you encountered. Were yeah. Like. Well, actually, I'm actually really, really glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to share, um, there's meditative breathing techniques actually where, cause you know, as DMT is stored in your lungs where you can release it, without actually smoking DMT. So you can get it from like the natural side. So it could have been, you know, without actually knowing it, you were 
having um, that connection. Because hmm. I've actually had it uh, since I've done it. I've had it come to me in my dreams, and it's, it's communicated to with me where um, I guess the full story is, you know, going in just it was a couple weeks of feeling just kind of anxious and out of it, you know, depressed and just kind of not myself. And just normal night, I went to sleep and I was having a dream about smoking DMT. And uh, <laughs> that's where it gets really crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, and in my dream, I, I broke through. And uh, a feminine voice came through on the other side and said, hey, you know, it's all in your head. This this isn't good for you. And it just kind of threw me back down to my body. And as soon as I hit my body in the dream, I woke up on the bed like, holy shit, whoa. <laughs> and then, you know, the next couple of weeks into that, it was just I've, you know, felt rejuvenated, uh, uh, you know, within my soul. What about any and ent entity? Oh, go ahead, Ryan. No, that's exactly what I was going to ask because we've heard stories, or at least I've read quite a few stories with ayahuasca. Where, yeah, where people describe, well, and with DMT too, where to somewhat of a lesser degree, where people encounter an entity that seems to be stopping them from venturing too far, or it seems to be stopping them from going someplace they're not supposed to be. I've, I've seen that over and over in these different accounts that people have written about in blogs or talked about in podcasts like this. I'm wondering if you've ever, you know, encount. well, I mean, you just talked about this feminine voice that came and kind of threw you back into your body. Are there other entities you've encountered? Yes. And, uh, you know, I was kind of expecting the traditional, uh, machine elves reference. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's McKenna's famous for quote and talking about that. Uh, but I've never, whenever the very first trip I ever had, uh, I had that female voice encounter. Um, and basically she was telling me that they were waiting for me and I finally made it welcome home. And it was just very em an embracing feeling until I came back, uh, woke up. But for, for me, I don't think I've ever experienced, I, I call them entities as well, but I don't think I've ever experienced anything with solid structure. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was one experience I had where, you know, it was actually the same story, just kind of going into it. I was just kind of out of whack and depressed and just not myself. And I was almost like a, like a spaceship or just kind of in a, I was in a room, but everything around me was white. There was no solid structures, but it was like walls that separated things, but they were all energy. And there okay. was, my soul almost on like, I would call it like a doctor's table, an examination table. And there was these entities there that were talking and interacting with me. And they were talking about, you know, the depression and the anxiety and the things that were kind of going on. And they were like, oh, you don't need this. This is bad for you. And they were just kind of examining it. And they had a machine that kind of, it sucked me up into it. And it was like, I remember like spinning me around and then it put me back onto that table and it had separated those things out of me and then you know they said hey we you know we got you we're here for you and then they threw me back down onto my my body where i woke up wow uh, i've experienced two different energies um i knew one was masculine one was feminine but they didn't have solid structures as well they were just you know almost like a ball of just pure concentrated energy the only thing like as far as solid structures 
go that I could say I'd ever experienced was there was a door. And, um, I mean, this door was, it was, it was a, the grandest staircase you could ever imagine. And it, it was a door that exceeded it infinitely. And I had, was up, I say, I, you know, my soul, I, I had come up to the door and it was so grand and exquisite. It had ancient Nordic carvings, Greek, all kinds of ancient languages written all over it. And it kind of cracked open a little bit. And a voice came through and said, it just boomed out. There's nothing you need to, we can teach you right now. Just throw me back down to my body. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing. Well, <laughs> God, a little precursor to that story. That was kind of, I got lucky. I was, um, I was, I was a little cocky with that one. So I had it on me. I was at a friend's house and I, uh, I wasn't feeling it. And I knew I wasn't feeling it. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I'll show you guys what it's about. No problem, you know? So I did it. And I was, uh, I came back. I was like, oh, my, I'm so sorry. Thank you. You know, you could have, could have handled that a lot, a lot messier. And I, I appreciate you. I love you. I'll never do that again. It's interesting. There's a, the, the experience that you described, because there's a paper with a very captivating title, Survey of Entity Encounter Experiences Occasioned by Inhaled NN Dimethyltryptamine, Phenomology, Interpretation, Enduring Effects. <laughs> they, don't, they don't make titles like that in pop culture. But they talked to about 2,500 people around their early 30s, and most of them described in their experiences <clears throat> encountering entities that they thought of as either like a guide, some kind of spirit guide or an alien encounter, something that kind of took them, did something to them, did something to help them. Um, some of them said that they were afraid of it. Most of them said that they felt like it was a very positive experience. And uh, quite a few of them, it looks like, said that they attributed real consciousness to the things that they encountered. They believed that they were actually like self-aware, intelligent, and had benevolent intentions. And the paper also said that more than half of the people who went into these experiences who thought themselves to be atheists before were not afterward. Wow. Because they, cool. they uh, yeah, I mean, the interviews say that they believed that whatever this was was intelligent and came you know, we're granted access to them through this experience and that whatever they are, they still exist. They're out there. Some of the people talked about, you know, getting messages about things that would happen to them in the future, which I'm assuming turned out to be true. And that maybe that's part of what changed their views on atheism or, or whatever else their spiritual views might've been before that. But anyway, it's, it's, so that is a commonality. If you had them kind of telling you, well, just trying to help you, seemingly trying to help you. Yeah, they just, you know, whatever you call on the other side. I, I personally, I call it connecting to the source. You know, what we evolve, we all are a part of beyond our physical self. It's more us reconnecting to our spiritual being and not our human experience. Um, I, but yeah, it's definitely not nothing, you know. It's just us transcending beyond a level we could physically understand. 
Do you know of any uh, stories of anybody that has kind of, you know, maybe, maybe they've done DMT a few times or whatever, and now they lucid dream? Because that would be really cool. That would be. Actually, I, you know, I, I could ask around and we could do a kind of, I could follow up with if you'd like, uh, just some of the people that I know. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Because I've never actually really thought about that. It's just interesting, like maybe, you know, every time you kind of cross over, it it brings these two worlds closer, right? And then maybe eventually, you know, like a, a shaman maybe could do, you know, you could learn to experience uh, these, you know, like this other side or source without necessarily, you know, doing a DMT trip, just through lucid dreaming, meditation, stuff like that. So... I don't know. That might be interesting, but I also just want to mention, I think it's interesting that so many high powered people in tech have reported doing DMT or acid. Steve jobs being one of those. Uh, I read the biography Walter Isaacson wrote on him, which he apparently did with very little input from jobs himself. Probably a good thing, Um, but Steve, Steve jobs, apparently in, I want to say the early eighties, at a company retreat, like held up a piece of glass and was telling people like, this will be a computer someday. Hmm. And everybody's like, oh, he's so visionary and, you know, whatever. And it's like, that would have seemed like woo to you back then. Yeah. But now we have like the iPad Pro. I mean, I for a couple of years, I used an iPad Pro as my main computing device. And it, it like I was re- you know, reading this book and it's like, well, shit, he was onto something, I guess. <laughs> If you just think he's a drippy hippie and out there making these proclamations, but he was right. And a lot of them seem to have kind of, uh, I don't know, they get some kind of insight, the people who use these things. It's kind of like you have, you know, you have that connection and that aha moment, and then they have the means to apply that to their uh, social settings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that it's important to be able to empathize with people and it's important to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and see things from their perspective. And I, I I don't know. I just think that getting any different perspective in life can be a really good thing for you. And uh, I feel like this might be an avenue for that. Did you, have any changes in your perspectives on consciousness, reality, stuff like that? I mean, it sounds like you did, but is there any, like, anything that really hit home? Like, this is something that this message needs to get out. More on DMT after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of, I feel like after I've had these experiences for me, anybody, anywhere, anytime, ask. You know, I'm obligated to share anything any I can, pass this knowledge on. It's not, so it's, it's, na- it's nature, it's natural. It's something that we are all a part of, we all belong to. And 
you know, it's not something anybody can own. Uh, yeah. Well, know, they'll I'd... try. Oh, they'll definitely try. <laughs> oh, because <yeah. laughs> We've talked about uh, pharmaceutical companies, you know, doing research into a bunch of different psychedelics, which could be a good thing, but it could also be a really bad thing because then they're going to be like, oh, no, this is our formula. Oh, no, we're going to push that, you know, mushrooms have a 20 year jail sentence and stuff like that, you know, where they're going to lobby and, and it, it could be a terrible thing. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the whole, you know, the psychedelic framework goes around like, you know, you're not doing anybody harm, you yeah. know, how do you make, you make some DMT, you know, you want to live a very spiritual, simple life and then like mm -hmm. you get pulled over for something happens and i explained to the officer look it's just it's some dmt man like it's not anything bad i promise but it's <laughs> illegal so you know that's kind of the way the justice system works is they put a brand on it uh, and then now they're done you know that's yeah. why it's up to us to kind of navigate how you choose around that but everything has the consequences yeah it's really a shame it so from your perspective, why do you think it's illegal? It uh, breaks the norm. Okay. You know, it's, there's no control. You come out of the same with like the psychedelic experience, you know, our society is uh, a very controlling society in my eyes. It's, you know, they want you to be, it's a framework. You got to do this. You got to do this. A lot of social expectations. And because without it, you know, it, it will crumble if we don't have people to do all of these little min meaningless jobs and stuff and be in debt. So if you have something that separates that, it's obviously got to be campaigned as bad or how can it, the society as they have frameworked it yeah. have structure? I can just see the propaganda now. DMT <laughs> is for communists only. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. Let's see. What else do we have here, Ryan? All right. So how'd you integrate your insights from your DMT experience into your daily life? Did you do any, um, did you say, I want to start journaling or I want to, you know, try and maybe reach out to the homeless or I want to, you know, just any kind of insider or way that it's changed your life? In yeah. General? For me, I think it would be more just people, uh, understanding that people only understand things from their own level of perception. And um, if I can do anything to help, I will. And I will help anybody anyhow, you know, if, if they, you know, somebody's, we kind of create our own suffering. If somebody's all upset all the time and all that, you can, and they don't want to grow, there's nothing, mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of, you can point them in the right direction, but you ultimately can't do the work for them. So it's just kind of pointing anybody towards a direction of growth because you learn as they learn, you know, by helping them, you learn more insight on yourself as well. And it's just to try to continually develop my soul as much as I possibly can. I like the sound of that. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this and not make it sound like a job interview question, but <laughs> you talk about <laughs> like, like challenges you've experienced during this, like things, you know, maybe where it's not a pleasant trip or there's something more confronting than usual about it. Yeah, um, actually, I got a, a great story for, for this one. It wasn't me exactly, but it was an experience I was there for. Uh, we were all at my, my buddy's house, and I didn't partake, but it was him and his dad and another friend. 
And uh, this other friend's a good guy. And, you know, I think it was kind of one of those, my buddy and his dad, they broke through, they came back, and it was, you know, they were talking about the grandeur of it all. He was encapsulated, you know, but he had only done, uh, to find out after the fact, psychedelics just a couple, t- couple times and didn't really uh, kind of know what to expect. And the biggest thing is, like, if you don't have any anxieties or kind of fears going in, pre-trip jitters, you know. It's about intent. It's natural. I, I, I hope so. Like, there's no way you don't. Is You know, what's, <laughs> what's, what's about to be in store? Because it's different every time. But he kind of, I remember as soon as he exhaled, he, like, shot his eyes wide open and, I don't like this. I, I don't like this. I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, oh he's not. He's not going going good because you have to s- just surrender to the process. You know, it's you've already activated it. You've released it. It's it's the ride now. You're never act. You're not in control. Okay. Man, he was fighting back pretty hard, and I just remember you know talking him through it, being there for him, and this it was about ten fifteen minutes. Him going in and out, coming back. And uh, he finally got got through it, just was crying, gave us the biggest hug ever, and was like, thank you guys for being here for me. I'm sorry, you know. And he never actually told us what he experienced, but he said it was life-changing, and he never needs to do it again. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the most I can get out of him. But that's, you know, the the biggest piece of advice I could ever give. And once we kind of get into, I kind of give you guys my new routine and, a little prayer that I say, but I mean, you have to let go. You were in it for the ride. It is there to show you what you need to see. It's, you know, there's no going back. It's like taking some acid or something, you know, you, you're in it for the journey. So when, when you're on this trip, do you know that you're tripping? Because I mean, like, I mean, I've done acid and in mushrooms and there's times when I'm hearing something or I'm looking at something and I'm like, Oh yeah, wait a minute. You just took mushrooms. Of course the fucking carpet is moving. So (laughs) it's, is it something that you can like write yourself a note or something and just be like, Oh, I'm freaking out. Oh, the note says I'm on DMT. I've got about, it'll be over at, you know, about this time. Or is it, you're just gone. Gone. You are gone until you come back. Okay. It is, uh, hyperspace, you know, the other side. I mean, you were, you were in the journey until until it's, uh, it's been complete. So you don't do DMT. DMT does you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, if, if you're not fully in it, like if you have, you know, the experience that I have where I knew better, it, hmm. it'll let you know, hey, like you're not doing this to get fucked up. Like that's your intentions. It's, it's not going to be uh, easy on you because it's, gotcha. it's not there for that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not, it's a lesson. Yeah, like, to me, it's kind of, you know, it's to the map of, it's like the map of your soul, you know, it's um, like, it's like how a map would be for sailing or driving. This was for navigating ourselves beyond the physical construct. I just feel like it would be so hard to describe. Can you compare it to any experiences you've had on on mushrooms or acid? Like, if someone's done these they're expecting something totally different from DMT, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say, like, 
you know, with acid, mushrooms, mescaline, peyote, maybe in like super large dosages, mm-hmm. you could kind of get some, you could get a similar experience, but I mean, you're, I am like peyote, for example, it's more of a vision quest acid mm. mushrooms kind of along the same lines i would say it's an outward inward journey of yourself uh but dm the, the physical self in relation to your soul but i would say dmt completely disintegrates the physical self and it's your your soul's journey at that point that's pretty cool what advice would you give to someone considering trying dmt so take it take it slow do your research you know because this is a one of the most beautiful experiences you could probably undertake. Mm -hmm. There's no rush. You know, it's not a party. Go into it with intentions and just be open to anything that could ever, that that could happen and just understand it. Ryan, do you have any, any other questions you want to ask? I guess, yeah, I would want to ask if you have any, I mean, you talked about it being a life-changing experience, which is pretty common, but are there, any examples you can give of some of the longer lasting changes that you've had either in your sort of outlook or maybe your spirituality or whatever else was affected by this? Yeah, I think it's, it's happened twice now. The, the one uh, trip where I was on that table kind of was, you know, with the, mm-hmm. um, they kind of separated the anxiety and the depression a little bit from me. And then when it recommunicated to me in my dream, um, I think it's just kind of a, for me, it's, you know, it's just all in your head, you know, it's separating the human experience and realizing, you know, cause you know, we gotta, we gotta work, we gotta pay bills. We have to do the mundane, but we don't live for the mundane. That's a, you know, it's kind of, we live for our passions and our souls and not getting caught up in that. Sure. But yeah, for me, it's just anytime I start kind of feeling out of whack or, life kind of gets hard. It's just, you know, that's not, it's problems to fix, but it's not real to me. Yeah. It's not what it's about. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Are there any uh, final thoughts that you have, Joe, that you, you really, uh, maybe we missed a question or there's something you want to get out that we didn't get to? Um, If you don't mind for a few things, I'll go over like some preparations that I have. And then sure. I would also, I'll probably there's an artist that makes I call it DMT music background music. Um, okay. I'll give you guys some DMT artwork if you'd like, and then the breathing technique if you want to hear it. We would love to hear that. So, all right, um, the floor's yours. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so for me, it's uh, preparations that I would say it's consumption. You know, take your time. Don't just half-ass it. Do your research. Uh, wait. You know, if it's a matter of waiting to get the most out of it, it's worth it, I promise. But the mental, you know, ask yourself, um, what do you want out of it? Like for me, when I'm going into it, I always tell myself and surrender to the process. I take deep breaths and just show me what I need to see. And uh, I'll have the strength to take it and understand and grow from that. Sure. So that's kind of, that's how I kind of always prepared to help with the, you know, the anxiousness going into it. <laughs> but there's also a Kundalini breathing technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Hinduistic form of releasing DMT. 
so you don't actually have to smoke anything, do a drug, because our body is naturally producing it, so it's just mm -hmm. a matter of accessing it. And then um, it's a it's a band called Spongle, if you guys have ever heard of them. <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> okay. They quote um, Terrence McKenna, Alan Watts. They did a lot of their, they put some real trippy quotes in the songs, but their music, I, I call it the background noise for DMT. Okay. But then you have, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, you said Spungle. Is that like S-P-O-N-G-E-L? Uh, let me see here. S-P-H-O-N-G-L-E. Spongle. Okay. That would not have popped up on my list of great band names, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they are very like, you know, they say you go to those shows and you'll, you'll smell more DMT than weed. That That would just be terrifying to be like hey there's a group of ten thousand people sounds like the perfect place for me to leave my body and wander around so i don't know yeah and, and you know for me like you, you either get the experience or you don't so i don't quite under i don't understand the the purpose of that you know just do a little bit and just get kind of trippy i don't i think that kind of defeats the point yeah yeah, for DMT, if it, I mean, yeah, if you want to just feel a little trippy, I mean, there's plenty of dispensaries around you can find something at. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right. So you've never you've never gone to a a what did you say Spongle? Spongle, yes. You've you've never been to their shows and done a a trip there? No, no, I haven't seen them live. I'd, I would I would love to see them live. Don't get me wrong, but I I would not. <laughs> DMT would not be for me at a show. Okay. I was going to ask you, cause I know you guys go to, you know, concerts as much as you can possibly get out. So I was like, man, huh? yeah, I, I will do like, you know, MDMA and some psychedelics at a rave and kind of go out like that, but not, you know, nothing on as far as like DMT. Would Makes go. sense. Now, have you had any, uh, ill physical effects? Like, I mean, we talked about, ayahuasca but i i think it's the other ingredients in ayahuasca that are making people you know purge so you're not having people when they try this that are just vomiting nonstop or having uncontrollable diarrhea right no 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 i've never come across or heard and you know what i've heard the same with you know i've heard people have some similar effects like that on mushrooms mm -hmm. and what i've read it's a, it's a purging process you know you're cleaning yourself out internally from negative energies and stuff that have been stored. Yeah, but, so, it's not but no, it's no, no, absolutely. Yeah, no. DMT just kind of rips you from yourself and Hey, this is, this is what we're looking at, or this is what we're going to go through. Shows you where you need work. Yes. All right. Well, you said you had a prayer. Were, were you finished with your final thoughts on, on that? Oh yeah. When I say prayer, it's, it's more when I was talking about the, um, you know, show me what I need to see and I'll okay. have the strength to grow and understand for growth. Okay. So just kind of a little, you know, little, uh, saying I got. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you know, if you can have something that can kind of tether you to reality, that's a, a good thing I would think too. Uh, you want to be able to find your way back. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's, that's all I've got. Ryan, do you have any other questions you want to ask? I don't think so. I'm just thinking about where I can get a stamp made for Becky so she can just put you're on mushrooms 
on the back of your hand really easily and just let you out <laughs> into the world thinking you're tripping the whole time? It could be. <laughs> Hopefully you don't remember this by next Christmas when I when I deliver it. <laughs> remember what? All right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we really appreciate your time, Joe. You really shed a lot of light on what this is about because, you know, we we tried to get different shamans on for the uh, ayahuasca episode and it's surprisingly they were very flaky Uh, there was you know like five or six that i contacted one was supposed to come on the show and just never showed up never responded to any emails or anything i'm like i i don't i don't get it you would think that a, a shaman would be the least likely person to just walk away from an invitation with uh no explanation but the uh perspectives you give are are really good so well here i have a couple websites that might help for you for that um okay what you got if you want i can uh it's entheo nation e-n-t-h-e-o nation.com okay um that's a it's a modern shamanistic website they host web seminars they host classes uh they share articles so that might be another source to see if uh any of them might be willing if you wanted to reach out okay well that's that's a good resource i appreciate that now what about you would you be open to appearing on other podcasts to discuss dmt yeah absolutely i'll talk about if i if i know about it or i can uh learn about it uh, anything i can do to help okay so as as of right now just email us at crypticpodcast at gmail.com if you want to get joe on the show because i don't want to give his email out on the show because uh it, it's uh very revealing right <laughs> yeah that's when i had to go to my um you know adult <laughs> real email gotcha <laughs> i hear you all right. So is there is there anything else you wanted to get out, Joe, or are we good? No, I think I'm good. I appreciate you guys for having me, and I wish the best of luck to everybody in their travels. All right. Final thoughts after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. All right, Ryan, you got any uh, final thoughts on this episode? Did you learn anything? Yeah, I did, actually. I learned that a lot of what's out there is true. And I think that the fact that even when these experiences are kind of negative or scary, that they're still life-changing is... still valuable. Right, yeah. I was about to say that indicates that these are still valuable no matter what it is. Um, I don't know. It's just... it's. The only difficulty I have is that I have no shared frame of reference for it other than whatever that was. Cause I have talked to people in the medical field. I haven't gone to a doctor and been like, what is this? Give me an, give me an MRI or anything, but mm-hmm. I've explained those little experiences that I had and, you know, just was basically met with blank stares. Like I have no idea what that would be. I've never heard of anything like that before. Oh, they'll probably just throw you on antipsychotics. Yeah, it's like, true. Oh, sure. You can take this uh, schizophrenia medication. I mean, you won't be able to think, but 
It'll stop that from happening. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to go in and they're going to be like, well, the bad news is we've never seen this before. The good news is there's going to be a new thing named after you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> you don't want Ryan's syndrome out there or something. Yeah, yeah. But no, I thought this was great. And, you know, some of his experiences lined up pretty much perfectly with the experiences of literally thousands of mm. other people who've used DMT or ayahuasca. And I definitely think if I was going to do it, I'd do DMT because oh, I yeah. believe, I mean, just the, the, the vomiting and the diarrhea and stuff like that, that could just be caused by the water that they're using. <laughs> That's a good point. I think about being in the Amazon, yeah, being in the jungle. I mean, you hope they boil it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what happens when you drink the water. Shit yeah. your pants. <laughs> That's true. I I don't know that it would cause the instantaneous reactions, but I don't know. Who knows? I, I'm not probably ever gonna go on a an ayahuasca journey. So yeah. I'll just have to learn to live my life and just appreciate the regular diarrhea and vomit I have. So yeah, from Taco Bell or <laughs> McDonald's or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we stay away from that. We don't We don't eat McDonald's. My final okay. thoughts are that this is a worthwhile experience if you're willing to put in the work and the study and the risk. And you, you may have a valuable experience, but there's a lot of risks. And, you know, again you have to weigh what's important to you as to if you'll be willing to accept these risks to get an experience like this obviously you want to do your research that's the most important thing because you know you better than anybody else i guess that's all we've got for you tonight on cryptique please like subscribe and share socials are in the notes you can email us with uh, questions, concerns, comments, or to get a hold of Joe at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our cool shirts at crypticpodcaststore.com. You can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash crypticpi. And remember, we do not condone illegal actions or drug use <laughs> at all it can be harmful and even life-threatening and ryan and i do not endorse any illegal or unsafe activities good evening, good evening.